in front of him. First pitch is bounced in the right field out of the reach of uh, Johnson, and up with it is Frank Robinson and Bobby Tolan on the first pitch, singles to right field. So Tolan now is it safely in every World Series game. Only he and Lee May had it safely in the first three. All right, here's Pete Rowe. I have to think that Rowe, Sparky Anderson is going to pull out all of the stops, and he may have Tolan go here in a hurry. Ted Kruzinski coaching at first, Alex Lamas at third. Powell holds the corner as Rowe steps up to the plate. Three for 12 in the series, and Powell's back the first pitch. Jim Palmer, uh, who took batting practice yesterday, did not take batting practice today, is quite a gabber. He likes to talk. He spent uh, between his swings and the cage about uh, 20, 25 minutes just gabbing away. Stolen at first. Nobody out. Bobby leans. He goes. The pitch is swung on. A bouncing ball at second. Up with it. Johnson. No play at second. Goes to first. Rose is out with Stolen moving up to second base. One out. Stolen on second. Here's Tony Perez. Perez, uh, I think you have to say, has been a disappointment for the Cincinnati Reds so far in the series. He has had one hit, a second, in 10 times up. He had 40 homers on the year, added in 129 runs, and was the leading hitter on the club with an average of 317. He stands deep at the plate, fairly close to the plate, but back in the batter's box, and Palmer stretches for the first pitch. Cut on and missed strike one. Good high fastball. Palmer pitched a complete game in the uh, championship playoffs and eight and two-thirds of the first game in the World Series. Pete Richards came on to get the final out in that first game. He's ready to work again. Dan Perez checks and takes one high for the ball. One ball, one strike. Left-handed Jim Merritt, who warmed up in the bullpen yesterday, has told Sparky Anderson that he'll be available for relief today or to start tomorrow. An off-street pitch is a ball strike two. Fine, slow curveball, and Perez is in the hole. One ball, two strikes. The Orioles have just been tremendous. 17 consecutive victories. That's some kind of streak. Palmer's 1-2, his ball too high outside, and Perez had to work to keep him swinging. Baltimore's previous consecutive game-winning streak was established in 1966 when they won 10 in a row. It's now up to 17 in 1970. Perez fouls one out. Two balls, two strikes. Tolan at second, one man out, first inning. Game four. And as we said, the Reds have their backs to the wall. They've got to win or forget all about it and think about 1971. Palmer from the belt, two and two. The Reds stands on a good fastball. Two now, not Tolan spinning his wheels at second, and Johnny Bench steps up to the plate. Bench is two for 11 in the series. With 45 homers and 148 runs batted in during the regular season, led the major leagues in both those departments and batted 293. Palmer ready and pitching. Slope curve, got it inside, ball 
Palmer at the moment has 22 wins and 10 losses. Finished the season with a 271 earned run average, completed 17 of his 39 starts. He misses with one low outside fastball, and he's 2 0 to bench. On deck, Lee May. Reds batting, first inning, no score, Tolan on second. They play bench deep left. 309 right now on the line. It's close. The pitch is high. Three balls, no strike. Straight away, left and right, 360 feet. It drops off quickly to 380, then to 390, and finally, straight away, center field is 410 feet. The bullpens in left and right center. Three and nothing to bench with Tolan at second. Palmer. Sign out of Ellie Hendricks from the belt. Swung on and popped up. Foul outside first. Coming over. Blue foul in front of the red dugout. Ken double it and caught it back. He doubled it with his lips. Concepcion at short. Tony Perez at third, in on the grass. Cabo and left, Tolan in center, rows right. Buford checks and fouled it, and it's two strikes the ball. Behind the plate is Johnny Bench, and on the mound, 22-year-old Gary Nolan, already a four-year veteran of Major League. Gary, 6'3", 195. Here's his pitch. Off speed and missed with it outside. Two balls, two strikes. Blue skies beginning to break through overhead, and the clouds are being chased away. They play Buford to pull just a bit in the outfield. The pitch to him is a ball, high and away, and Nolan is three and two. First game just uh, made mistakes. He got the fastball up to the, uh, the Baltimore power hitters, and uh, they took care of it. He's 49-27 his lifetime in the big leagues, and his 3-2 pitch is popped up foul behind the plate, and Bench comes back, but it's going to be on the screen. Out of play. No one has said anything about a fourth or a fifth game pitcher. 
you have to think the Orioles would come back with Mike Coyar and the Cincinnati Reds would come back with uh, Jim McLaughlin if there is a game tomorrow. 3-2 again is ball four and Cooper. John Cooper gets the base on ball. That'll bring up Blair. Right-handed hitter. on the Reds infield looking for a double play ball as Nolan gets the signal. Buford leads the pitch comes. It's one. It's first base. Right here, right here. Up with it and out at first. And holding it second base is Buford. We'll wait to see if the official scorer credits Blair with a sacrifice.
advertisements for this and that and the other. Nolan, the stretch, no windup. And a slow curve is strike two, right over. Robinson started, checked his swing, and the pitch broke right over. And he has something to say to the plate umpire. So does Earl Weaver from the Baltimore dugout. and uh, may or may not wind up. He may stretch again. Let's see. He'll stretch for the 0-2. Curve nubbed off the end of the bat foul. Right side. He's thrown Frank Robinson three straight breaking pitches. And he has to remember Robinson's uh, home run yesterday on a fastball up and out over the plate that he hit uh, beyond the 410 sign in center field. and left center. Nolan pitches. Strike three, call a fastball on the outside corner. And the Orioles go down with no runs, no hits, no errors. One man who walked left on. At the end of one inning play, it's the Reds, nothing. The Orioles, nothing. Now, one thing that I have noticed as we go back over the games and checking the scorecards, Frank Robinson has been called out now four times on call third strikes with the fastball. And as Jim McIntyre said, then Nolan set him up with four straight breaking pitches. And then Frank was caught looking at the fastball right down the middle. Nothing, nothing, top of the second. Here against Jim. Lee May steps up to lead off for the Reds in the second inning with four hits and 11 at-bats in the series. And he pops the first pitch up behind the plate. Ellie Hendricks back to the backstop and can't get it. It's on the screen, strike one. Lee May and Bobby Tolan, the only two Cincinnati batters who have hit safely in each of the first three games. Um, Tolan has had three for 12, including a homer and a double. And Lee May is four for 11, including a homer and a double, and has batted in four runs. Lee has hit the ball hard nearly every time he's been up. Takes the fastball inside at the letters, even count one ball, one strike. Baltimore defeated the Dodgers four games to none in 1966. Lost to the Mets last year, one to four. His ball two up and end of May. They won five straight World Series games. Then they lost four in a row. And now they've come back to win three straight in the Classic. 2-1 slow curve is strike two call. Off-speed curveball, and Lee May was scuffling around in the batter's box to set fit couldn't get set. Here's the 2-2. High and inside. Ball three. Fastball. One thing about Palmer. He didn't waste any time. He gets the ball and says, let's go. 3-2 pitch. Low curve. And he misses it high. Ball four and off three man. And Palmer puts up a beat as he gives up his first base on ball. So the Reds get a runner again in the second inning. The Reds have had base runners enough in uh, every game to have uh, won a few. May at first, left-hand batting Bernie Carbo. Outstanding rookie. Hit 310. Batting left, and the first pitch to him is a strike at the knee. Good fastball. Carbo is 
strong candidate for Rookie of the Year honors in the National League. He'll get some votes. Has an uncanny eye. Led the club and walked. Swing slices one foul in the upper deck to the left. Two strikes to Carmo. Next up, Tommy Helms. May at first. Nobody out. No score. Second inning. Carmo Tommy hit 237 this year. Had one home run. And is uh, one for 12 in the series. He hit the first home run by a Cincinnati Reds player in their new Riverfront Stadium. Throw to first. May back easily. Lee is not a threat to steal. But uh, they'll play hit and run with Tommy Helms anytime. Good bat control. Palmer delivers. A ball high outside looked like a slider. As Helm shortened on the bat but stepped away from the plate. Davy Concepcion, rookie shortstop, is on deck. Two rookies in the Reds batting order today. The pitch to the plate is fire, slight foul back up to the right. One ball, one strike. One with a single, one with a fly ball. 
And here he triples home Lee May with two out in the second, and the Reds take the lead one nothing. Gary Nolan up, swings at the high, bounce through to Johnson at second, plays the hop to Powell easily, and that retires the side. One run, one hit, one man left on, and the Reds lead at the end of an inning and a half, Cincinnati one, and Baltimore nothing. Hey, bud. If you want to get in on a terrific deal, listen to this. You know the Gillette Technatic Razor, the razor that gets to nubs? Well, here's the deal. Right now, when you buy the Gillette Technatic Razor, America's top-selling razor, you get a can of Gillette Foamy Shave Cream with lemon lime free. You get that? Foamy with lemon lime free. So what are you waiting for? Get the Gillette Technatic Razor now. A deal like this don't last forever. I can down to the straight. I am in Ohio this way. I'd walk a mile for a camel. I'd walk a mile, wouldn't you? I got a wandering soul. Beat up roots with a great big hope. I'd walk a mile for a camel. This message was strictly for smokers who never tasted a camel cigarette. Camel smokers, you know what we mean. You other guys, start walking. Uh-huh. 
curveball fouled back by Robinson. The count stays. Two balls, two strikes. A gap in right center field for Brooks Robinson. Claim to pull. Although Carbo is not shaded toward the line and left, he and Tolan are fairly cozy out in left center. Gary Nolan. Out in front, one to zip throws, and it's a curve rounded foul past third. Gary's got a real good curveball today. Whenever you see uh, Frank Robinson looking for a curveball on a 2 0 pitch and taking a fastball down the middle, you know that the guy's got a good, uh, good curveball. That's third. Robinson swings it to keep the toward the corner, and it's a Traveling. Yeah, being away from your family. 
Nola to tie with an extra two and one. He works again, and Melanger fouls it back. Two strikes, two balls to Mark Melanger. Two outs, and a one-to-one tie in the last half of the second inning. Well, I think all the young fellows that are coming up in the Yankee organization have to benefit from your experience and your teaching ability, Mickey. I think you can show them a lot, a whole lot. I'm not that good a teacher. I did most of mine through instinct, and I hardly knew how I did it. Belanger hits a looping fly ball out of the short center. Colin comes in, he camps under it, waiting, and has it for the third out to retire the side. One run on one hit, Brooks Robinson, Palmer, nobody left on. And at the end of two innings of play, it's the Reds one and the Orioles one. How are we potential Hall of Famers do you suppose are playing in this 1970 World Series? Judging by the performance records, there should be quite a few. I've got a nominee you haven't even thought of. His name, Andy Granatelli. No, Andy doesn't play baseball, but he's got quite a performance record all his own with STP oil treatment. On the racetrack, Andy and his racing teams have proven STP cut heat, friction, and wear. That's because STP clings to vital engine parts, lubricates better than ordinary motor oil alone. It helps race cars and family cars run smoother, cooler, quieter, longer. Now that winter's coming on, STP can help you in another way, because STP will not drain off engine parts overnight. So on cold mornings, you get the benefit of extra lubrication, which means faster start. So put a famous name on your driving team the first time you need oil, or the next time you change oil, have your service station add STP oil treatment, and you'll run racer shot. Well, what about Brooks Robinson? Home run to one the first game, single to tie the second game is double. Drove in the first two runs yesterday, down one to nothing. Here's home run the first hit off. Gary Nolan ties it at 1-1. And here's Jim McIntyre. And Bobby Tolan, the top of the batting order, leads it off. First pitch from Palmer is a ball high as Tolan ran up on it, bluffing a bunch. One ball, no strike. Well, Nolan has made the same mistake twice to Brooks Robinson. Here's a ball too high, and Palmer is up a little bit for these pitches. Reds have two hits. Orioles one. Cohen takes the pitch low inside, and it's three and nothing. Palmer issued 100 walks in 305 innings during the season. It's three nothing is a ball too high, and Cohen walks on four pitches. Again, I'll point out, Bobby led the majors in stolen bases, and he's at first base with a left-hand batting Pete Rose at the plate. The second walk issued by Palmer. And it wouldn't be at all surprising to see Colin try to field. Rose rounded out the first time. Palmer checks and throws in Colin Bluffs to go. Pitches it, Pete to right center field, base hit. Blair chases it, cuts it off. Colin wheels toward third. Here's the throw cut off by Belanger at short. Tolan is then standing at third, and Rose holds with a long single into right center field. Red's third hit. Runners at first and third, and nobody out. And I think we're going to get some action down in the Baltimore bullpen. Somebody's getting out down there. The phone is ringing. And while Allie Hendricks talks to Palmer out of the mind, it reminds me of an incident that happened here yesterday down in the Reds bullpen. Larry Shepard, the Reds pitching coach, answered the phone down there, and it was the long-distance operator 
uh, trying to reach uh, Sparky Anderson in the red bullpen. Dave Leonard is the pitcher in the bullpen beginning to warm up as Tony Perez digs in and swings through a fastball strike one. Perez struck out the first time with Tolan on second. Here he is with Rose at first, Tolan at second, at third, and nobody out. And the score tied 1-1. Bench on deck. A stretch for Palmer and a pitch. And a swing and a Strike one call, the fastball at the knees. 
Well, the Reds uh, show some resiliency uh, here and bounce back and go back in front after Robinson had uh, put them even. Palmer works and it's swung a bouncing ball to third. Hooks Robinson, runs it, and tags the back for the third out to the side of the side. One run, two hits, two men left. And in the middle of the third inning here in Baltimore, it's Cincinnati two, Baltimore one. Remember this, Gillette's good old look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. No times have changed and so have razor blades. Today, Gillette's Platinum Plus blades have revolutionized shaving. With the Platinum smooth edge that shaves you smoother, closer, and with even more comfort. Hard to believe? Try Gillette Platinum Plus double edge or injector blades in your razor. Find out what it really means to look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Platinum Plus, Gillette's best blade. Members of the Retail Clerks Union vote by secret ballot to approve agreements with their employers. As union members, they have a voice in determining their conditions of employment. To every adult American, the right to vote is valuable because when you cast your secret ballot, you have a voice in determining the quality of the government of your country. So be sure to vote November 3rd. This message from the Retail Store Employees Union in your community, chartered by the Retail Clerks International Association, Washington, D.C., 20006. Going into the last half of the third inning, the Reds have uh, two runs on four hits. They've left four men on. The Orioles, one run on one hit. They've left one man on. And Jim Palmer will lead it off. pitch a little high, ball one. As a batter, his lifetime batting average in the American League, 152, 44 hits, and uh, 289 times at bat. He's a three-homer. It's a drive to center field. Bobby Colvin coming on the run. Can't get it. It's in there for Palmer singles to center. He hit that ball off the end of the bat, and it sounded like it was going to go a lot further than it did. So, hit number two for Baltimore. Palmer comes through. That'll bring up John Buford, the top of the order, who drew a walk to start the game. He got around as far as third base, but he left there when Frank Robinson looked at the call third strike. The Reds have turned in four double plays in the World Series so far. The Orioles have uh, turned in two. And right now they're looking for one off Buford's back. He hits a high bouncer, short first, slowly up with it. Lee May on the line, tags Buford out, and uh, on the play, going to second is Palmer. So no sacrifice, although it uh, serves the purpose. Runner moves to second, one out, and Paul Blair. Paul Blair punted uh, down the third baseline first time up with Buford at first. He was credited with a sacrifice. Right-handed batter, 6 for 12 in the series, one double, two RBI. And a hit here might tie it up again. Nolan stretching, pitching, fastball, strike call. The leadoff batter for each team has been on base 
in every inning so far. Nolan from the belt and pitching. Claire takes the curve. Strike. New call. Letter high curveball. Blair thought it was a little too high and walked away from the plate to get the rising bag uh, from the uh, bat boy. Doesn't have anything to say, but uh, you can tell from his actions he didn't care for the call. No and two the count. On deck is Boop Powell. Stretched by Nolan the pitch. Did he go? The pitch is a fastball. He started and checked his swing in time. It's the ball, one and two. The Orioles and the Reds played an exhibition game, a preseason game, the last four years up until this year. This year they didn't play a spring game. Sucked him out with an off-speed pitch. Blair fans for Nolan's second strikeout. That puts two down and brings up Powell. To Lee May on a twister in the first inning. Big move. Number 26. Move. Red two. Orioles one. Two out. Palmer is second. Last man to the third inning. Nolan's first pitch is inside ball one. Not get a hit in yesterday's game, but in the two games played in Cincinnati Saturday and Sunday, he was big man with a bat. Nolan leans in, has his sign from Johnny Bench, makes his stretch and delivers. Outside, ball two, two balls, no strike. Concepcion with a runner on second base is just a little bit to the shortstop side of the bag. Holding in right center and rolls deep and right. Nolan ready. Two and off. Fire. Ball three high and outside. Three and oh to Powell. With F. Robinson waiting. Gary ready and pitching to Powell. He takes this ball four, low and away, and gets the base on ball. Second walk off Nolan. Oriole runners at first and second with two out, and Frank Robinson, who was caught out on strike, coming up. Evidently is going to uh, stir into action. 
Just like Clay Carroll getting up. All right, here's Gary getting the sign to pitch to Robinson. Curve him, blowing away, and the ball is knocked down. But Bencher throw to second base, and Palmer is back inside. Safe. Features Clay Carroll, a right-hander, and Don Bellett, a left-hander. And Clarkie Anderson wants to have somebody ready in case Nolan needs some help. He's one and one to Frank Robinson. Two men on, two men out, pitching. A check swing foul to the red dugout. One ball, two strikes. Clay Carroll has been the most effective Cincinnati pitcher out of the bullpen. Powell at first, Palmer at second, two men up. One and two to Frank Robinson. Nolan delivers. Curter bounce foul left side. Nice catch by a gentleman sitting one of the field boxes back there. Robinson is on a track ground ball in the left field ahead. Ron Fryer ahead of home. Palmer, here comes Carmo's throw, and he scores standing as the throw is off the line. Frank Robinson comes through with another hit and another run batted in. And Baltimore climbs right back even, two to two. That's the third hit off Nolan. And we got a two-two ball game, and here is Brooks Robinson. Robinson going to third, Brooks Robinson in the second, 
and the Orioles take the lead three to two. Portland, saving money is a little like baseball. Coming out on top requires a winning combination. For savers, equitable savings has that combination. High earnings, including the 5 and one quarter percent 90-day passbook savings account, plus an extra bonus, S&H Green Stamps. One stamp for every dollar saved in any equitable savings account, up to 1,000 stamps per deposit. Get your extra bonus now when you save at Equitable Savings. Jim Simpson with Jim McIntyre back at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore and the Orioles have taken the lead 3-2 and guess who did it? Brooks Robinson who homered his first time up in the second to tie the ball game at one apiece. Then Cincinnati took the lead and here with two outs in the third inning it is Brooks Robinson singling sharply to center field Two runs here with two outs. 
Palmer opened the inning with a single, moved to second on an infield out after Blair had struck out. Powell walked. Frank Robinson and Brooks Robinson had singles. As they swing in a high pop foul toward the third base side, coming back, Johnny Bench at the backstop. He can't get it. Two rows in the field box. One ball and two strikes. Touchdowns in his senior year in football in high school. He said, well, he said he scored 12 touchdowns in one game. 
He said, no, that wasn't quite right. He only scored 11, but he did kick six extra points. Swing and a miss on a good fastball. Two out, Red batting top of the fourth. Orioles ahead, four to two. Now the pitch and a swing, a little roller foul right side, a little bouncer. Uh, Hendricks grabs it, puts it back to the mound. So Palmer quickly gets ahead of this batter, two strikes. Oh, and two to Gullet. Trucks him out for the fastball. Five strikeouts for Palmer. Nothing across in the fourth for the Reds. In the middle of the fourth inning here in Baltimore, it's the Orioles for the Reds, too. Puts it to May, and they're two away. 
the pitcher, Jim Palmer, who should uh, be applauded roundly by the Baltimore fans because he's done a fine, fine job. These Baltimore pitchers can hit. He singled to start their rally uh, last inning. Swings fouls one back, strike one. John Gellick, boy, what a picture this young man has. Only 19 years old. Blows a fastball right by. Cut on and missed strike two. Gellick signed out of uh, Lynn Kentucky High School uh, in June of last year, and here he is in the big league. Curve and a foul back. 0-2 the count. Two out, nobody on. Last half of the fourth. 4-2 the Orioles are leading. Game four. They're also leading in games. Three games to none. All right, the wine and the 0-2, and it's swung on him. This beat struck him out. Three up and three down. First strikeout for Gullick. At the end of four innings to play, game four, Baltimore. It's the Orioles for the Reds, too. You remember a guy in the big league named Frank Baker? Well, they called him home run, Baker. The most home runs he ever hit was 12. That's kind of like calling the slick down look you get for most hairdressers natural. I mean, how natural can your hair look when it's all loaded down with grease? That's why you'll like Vitalis. It holds your hair in place without any grease. So if you want to look good naturally, don't kid yourself. Use Vitalis. That's Vitalis. It's greaseless. Well, Baltimore leading this one in the fourth game of the World Series by the score of four to two. They win today, and as Jim uh, McIntyre says, we all pack and go home. Yeah, that's right. As the retail store employees unions are well known for their achievements on behalf of more than 600,000 members. Their union agreements with employers provide for good wages, liberal hospitalization, and retirement plans. They vote on their union agreements by secret ballot. The retail clerks' unions urge all adult Americans to cast their secret ballot on November the 3rd. This message from the Retail Store Employees Union in your community, chartered by the Retail Clerks International Association, Washington, D.C., 20006. Bobby Tolan will lead off for Cincinnati in the fifth inning. He went up uh, twice and on base twice, singled in the first, walked and scored in the third, left-hand batter. It's the looping pop fly, short left, racing out Belanger, gets under it, and takes it. One away. Palmer is following the same kind of pattern that he displayed in his pitching in the first game of the World Series. As the innings roll by, he seems to pick up a little steam and seems to get better. Pete Rowe steps in. One for two today, a single. Rounded out in the first, single to center field in the third. Palmer doesn't waste any time. Fires the first one, and Rose looks at it, and it costs him strike one. Now the next pitch, that's also a strike to the knees, a good fastball. The wind, which was favoring uh, left and the center, earlier has now shifted around as going toward right as Rose chops the foul in the stands to the left. 
He sort of reached out and tomahawked at that ball, cut under it, and looped it foul. He was merely trying to protect the plate. Nothing in two, one out, not on, fifth inning. The pitch is a check swing, it's high, one ball, two on the way. That's a change up and it's outside. 2-2. Two, two. two balls, two strikes. The Orioles are a very confident, calm club. Rose fouls off another pitch. Talked to them before the game here today and to a man, they are confident it'll all stop here today. Two and two to Rose. Top foul behind the plate, and uh, that was a ball low and inside, but Rose uh, didn't want to take any chances. Two two again. Foul away, left field. On deck by Tony Perez. have been in front in three of these four games. Here's a pitch in the dirt, and it's three and two now as we go. Three balls, two strikes. They were in front on each of the first two games. Never did get the lead yesterday, but today have been in front one to nothing, and then two to one. And now are behind four to two. Here's the pitch to roll. High fly, left field. Back goes Buford. Warning track. Down of the bullpen. Can't get it. It's out of here. Better than motor oil alone. 
And with winter on deck, that could be very important to you. You see, ordinary motor oil drains off vital engine parts when your car sits overnight. So on cold mornings, it's mostly metal against metal in your engine, which really makes it tough on your engine and battery. But STP stays up on engine parts all night. So in the morning, you've got all the extra lubrication you need to help you start fast. And then STP goes to work to keep you running smoother, quieter, longer. The next time you fill up, have your local service station add STP oil treatment to your car. It's the same racer's edge leading race drivers and millions and millions of motorists depend on. So use it yourself soon. It'll help you get the edge on winter. We pause now, 30 seconds, for station identification. This is KGW Corp. Whether you're rooting for the Reds or the Orioles, you'll end up on top at Equitable Savings. Equitable Savings offers top earnings, including the 5 and one quarter percent 90-day passbook savings account, plus an extra bonus, S&H Green Stamps. One stamp for every dollar saved in any Equitable Savings account. Up to 1,000 stamps per deposit. Get your extra bonus now at Equitable Savings during their 80th anniversary. We're ready to go in the last half of the fifth inning game four of the 1970 World Series. And to bring you the word's eye view of the last half of the game, here is NBC's Jim Simpson. And thank you, Jim McIntyre. Got it ready with the fastball inside to Don Buford. The leadoff batter is here in the last of the fifth inning. The score, Baltimore 4, Cincinnati 3, and this is the fourth game of the 1970 World Series. Buford walked on the 3-2 pitch back in the first inning and sacrificed along the second, and then went to third, and Tower grounded out, but he stayed right there. In the third inning, he was tagged out by Lee May at first base, and the runner, Jim Palmer, moved on down the second, and later scored on the base hit by Frank Robinson. Jim Palmer has made some mistakes. He has walked a couple of men, both of whom have scored, and he's given up the home run to Pete Rose in quite a battle. Gallup ready, fastball in shot again, 2-0. That Rose home run all the more remarkable because Palmer was out in front of him 0-2. Pete battled him back, fouling off pitches, worked it up to 3-2, and, and then homered to the opposite field. Low from Gallup, and he has gone 3-0 on Buford was hit safely in the 12 games at the end of the regular season throughout the league championships in the series until today. He has walked today. Gallup, the 19-year-old left-hander, ready on a 3-0 pitch, and Buford is waiting and takes the strike. Three balls, one strike to Don Buford with Paul Blair on deck. Clay Carroll is up and throwing now for the Reds. Sparky Anderson doesn't want this one to get away. The... The one pitch is over at the knees. It's 3-2 to Buford. At the end of the last inning, I should say the top half of this inning, Baltimore's Earl Weaver has Dave Leonard up and throwing again. 3-2 pitch to Buford. He fouls it back to the three. Three balls, two strikes to Don Buford. Four runs, five hits, no errors for Baltimore. Three runs, five hits, and the first error of the series for Cincinnati. Gary Nolan started this game, lasted two and a third innings. Gullis came on in the third. Here he is still in the fifth. Ground ball to the right side. Helms goes to his left, scoops it up, and throws on and has the speedy Buford by a couple of sets. One out in the last of the fifth. And here is Paul Blair, who sacrificed Monk, moved Buford along in the first inning, and then he went down swinging at a changeup in the third. Matter of fact, Blair in the third inning was the second out. And it looked as though Nolan was going to get through the inning before he walked Powell and gave up singles to Frank and Brooks Robinson and Ellie Henry. First pitch is high. Player ball one. 
This is the 67th World Series. The American League has won 39 of them. National League 27. Ten of the last 16 have been won by the National League. One ball, no strike. Count is fouled right back to Fordyce. It's one and one to Paul Blair. Blair has hit safely in every World Series game except this one, as has John Buford and, of course, Brooks Robinson, who is two for two today with a home run, a single, and a total of two RBIs. That ball is out of the strike zone. Two balls, one strike to Blair. Clouds have come over again. If there is a fifth World Series game, the man has promised us a 50% chance of rain tomorrow. Got it ready for the 2-1 pitch. Fastball is fouled off to the right, and it's 2-2. Baltimore leading 4-3 in a thrill of the fourth game of the World Series. We are in the last of the fifth inning at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. One out, Blair, at the 2-2 count. Ground ball at left side. Perez off to his left from third base and has Blair by five or six steps for the second out of the Baltimore fifth. Everyone's taste and budget. For 1971, 
Challenger is back with all the best features of last year, plus a lot more. Besides the wide stance, bucket seats, and wide range of engines, Challenger for 71 has a sparkling new grille and stylish taillight design. And you have a choice of three price ranges. The low-priced coupe, the regular Challenger, and for those who like extras, for a little extra, the Challenger RT. But whatever your taste and budget, you've got a lot going for you in a Dodge Challenger. The new 71 Dodges are in the showroom now. So see and drive a Challenger soon at your Dodge Boys. It's a driving experience you won't want to miss. Portland. Playing ball with the Reds or the Orioles is one way to be on top. Opening an account at Equitable Savings is another. Equitable Savings features savings plans with top earnings, including the 5 and 1 quarter percent 90-day passbook savings account, plus an extra bonus. One S&H green stamp for every dollar saved in any Equitable Savings account. Up to 1,000 stamps per deposit. Your money earns an extra bonus at Equitable Savings. Along with Jim Simpson, I'm Jim McIntyre from Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, where the Orioles hold a 4-3 to three lead. Four runs, five hits, and no errors Baltimore. Three runs, five hits, and one error for the Reds. Ready for the Reds' sixth inning. And to tell you about it, Jim Simpson. In the second inning, Lee May walked on a preacher curveball that was out of the strike zone and later scored ahead of the triple of Dave Concepcion. In the third inning, his infield hit drove in Bobby Tolan with another run. The lights have gone on at Memorial Stadium as we go to the top of the sixth inning, and May is the leadoff batter. Carbo and Helms to follow Pomeroy. Fastball is too high to lead May. May is the big man for the Cincinnati Reds, hitting 364 before today, and he's walked and scored a run and has driven in a run. There's another pitch out of the strike zone. It's wide. It's 2-0 to today from Palmer, a very fast worker. And think what Lee May would be hitting were it not for Brooks Robinson over at third base. Palmer right back with the fastball, a swinging strike. He balls one strike to Lee May. His brother, I feel sure you know, is Carlos May, the young ball player in the Goodwin with the Chicago White Sox. Palmer back with another fastball, two hops to Belanger, takes the short hop, and throws across and has May. not speedy, but is considered to have good speed for a big man and is a good base runner. Here is Bernie Carbo. Palmer got him on a swinging strike three and a changeup just in the second. Bernie hit into a fourth play in the third. Oh, he is 0 for 2. The young rookie, as Jim told you, hit 310 during the regular season. Left-handed batter facing the right-handed Palmer and fouls the first one off to the left strike one. interesting to note in the very first inning was sacrificing, trying to get at least a run ahead of Cincinnati and take their kind of game away from them, make them play catch-up ball. Another foul to the left by Carbo. It didn't work out that way. Cincinnati got the first run. Brooks Robinson brought it back to an even tie with one, and then, of course, they got three runs in the big third inning. After trailing two to one, as the Reds got one in the third. It is now four to three. On the ready again, two strikes, and he has this time with a fastball strike three. Sixth strikeout for Palmer, who in the league championship final game against Minnesota struck out 12. 
And in the first game of the World Series, struck out two and none until the top of the ninth inning. Here's Tommy Helms. He struck out on a low curve and lined to right field. Takes high and inside from Palmer. The ball one. Palmer, as Jim showed you, very fast worker. Back with the fastball. It's low and in the third. And it's ball two to Tommy Helms with Dave Concepcion on deck. The outfielder from Venezuela is having a good series. Not used until yesterday. Had two RBIs yesterday, another today with a triple. Pitch to Helms is inside, and it is 3-0, and so Ellie Hendricks walks out as the ball bounces in front of him, goes to the edge of the grass, and throws back to Palmer. Hendricks knows, and Palmer knows. Now, Jim walked Lee May in the second, and walked Bobby Tolan in the third, and both men score. He does not want to put a man on base. He's out in front just by a run. Back and misses, and on four pitches has walked Tommy Helms. And here comes Dave Concepcion, who tripled in Lee May back in the second inning and grounded out in the fourth. Look at it this way. Before the walk, the Helms, Palmer had walked two, both had scored. Concepcion, right-handed batter. Paul Blair pulls over to right center field. Frank Robinson comes around toward right. His triple to right nevertheless went between the two. Back in the second inning. With Palmer's speed and Concepcion's type of hitting, they are not figuring on Dave at pulling the ball at all. Palmer ready. First pitch is a fastball at the letters. Like one. Four to three. Baltimore. We are in the top of the six. A win today in the 1970 World Series is all over. Palmer checks the runner, Helms at first base. Pitching out of the stretch, of course, Jim Palmer looks in and throws. As ball is low and dug out of the dirt by Ellie Hendricks. Now Hendricks again goes out to check with Palmer with a count of one ball and one strike. Cincinnati Reds have lost their last six series games in a row. They won the second game of the 1961 World Series against the New York Yankees to tied at 1-1. Then they went on to lose the next three. And now, nine years later, they have lost the first three of the 1970 World Series. They're trying to end that scheme right now. One ball, one strike. Hendricks back, crouching behind the plate, flashing the sign to Palmer. Pitch fastball lined foul and upstairs off to the right. One ball, two strikes. Bob Stewart, the American League umpire behind the plate. Thomas defense, Powell at first, Davy Johnson at second, Belanger at short, Brooks Robinson at third, Don Buford in left, Paul Blair in center, Frank Robinson in right, Hendricks behind the plate, and Palmer preparing to pitch. Ahead of the hitter, one and two, throws a curve, line drive to Belanger, who has it for the third out. No run, so hits, no errors, one left. We go to the last of the six. Baltimore four, Cincinnati three. Hey, man. You know the stuff on top of your head? I'm talking about your hair. You know it looks real great, except when you put the wrong things on it. Like oil, like water, like grease. Yuck. There's got to be a better way. And there is. The people at Gillette have a new thing called the dry look the dry look. It comes in a can, aerosol that is, and it keeps hair neat, natural, and looking dry. Hey, and guess what else? On top of that can is a valve, 
like a very special valve. Let's you set just the right degree of dry control you want. Light or medium or heavy. But you know what? Your hair will still look full and clean and natural and dry. Only the dry look from Gillette gives you three degrees of dry control. Yeah, the wet head is dead. Long live the dry look. Long live the dry look. Long
in the Cincinnati bullpen as of this moment, but now somebody is beginning to stir. Gullet is ready, takes something off, ground ball to the right side, past everybody. Looks Robinson all the way is on second, picked up by Pete Rose to throw to third base in and plenty of time. The ball gets by everybody, goes to the dugout. Robinson will score. Again has been staged to a stake to a two-run lead. 
throws a curveball that breaks over the plate like one. Rose made only one error all season long. That was on a bad hop at Riverfront Stadium in the early going when they moved into that new stadium. And here he makes his second error of the year in the fourth game of the 1970 World Series. One and one to David Johnson. Gets the ball foul, high, and out of play to the right. One ball, two strikes. Johnson is quite a ball player. Golden Glove winner at second base. You hear more about Brooks Robinson and fielding a third of course for Belanger, but he hits a steady 280, year in and year out. One ball, two strikes, and he swings and misses, and Carroll has at least done part of the job he's intended to do as he strikes out Davey Johnson, and Mark Belanger comes up. the fifth strikeout for the Cincinnati staff. Two out now. Hendricks still to third base. Belanger has flied to short center field and Helms backhanded his ground ball in the fourth inning and threw him out. Well, still, Brooks Robinson run that scored is unearned, barring what uh, Mike, Mark Belanger does. Hold it. They have called time. Out on the field is Flaherty. Uh, he says, hold it. He's out towards the fence in deep left field to pick up what looks to be a loose ball or something as Belanger had popped up to Perez at third. But I was looking at the umpire because John Red Clarity, the American League, had called time. So Belanger gets another shot at it, and Jim McIntyre things always seem to happen like this in the World Series. Yes, uh, just a little while ago earlier in the game was Belanger at the plate a pigeon lighted out on the grass near second base. The play went ahead, and Belanger uh, went ahead to fly out to short center field while a pigeon was sitting down in the infield grass. Oh, there's no count on Belanger. And Carroll ready to throw again. This one is in under the hands, and he does not swing. It's ball one inside. Belanger, tall, very thin, right-handed batter. Facing Clay Carroll. The one and all pitch back. Fastball catches the outside corner. It's one and one. Hendricks at third. Two are out. We are in the last of the six. Baltimore leads it five to three, having scored once in this inning. Lights have been on for some time, although the patches are blue in the sky. Back with the fastball. Belanger cuts on it. Misses. And it's one ball, two strikes. May the first baseman, Helms at second. Woody Woodward out short. Perez at third. Carbo on left. Holden in center. Rose and right. Way outside, and the catcher, Johnny Bench, blocks it, backhanded, going over into the left-handed batter's box to get it. And it's 2-2. Pitchers will tell you, we started this conversation last thing. This is as far as any pitcher wants to go, 2-2. He doesn't want three pitches. Ground ball foul, one-handed and dropped by Billy Hunter, who goes to third base and gets the boot. Five runs, seven hits, no errors for Baltimore. Three runs, five hits, and two errors. Now for Cincinnati, Tolan has made one in center. Rose has made one in right. We're in the last of the six. Dale ready with a 2-2 count. Ball is hit high in the short left field. Carbo waits there, sits about a step. Now a couple more to his left and has it for the third out. So that run is unearned. One run on two hits, one costly error, and one man left. At the end of six, Baltimore five, Cincinnati three. 
Along with Jim Simpson, I'm Jim McIntyre at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium, where the Orioles are leading in the fourth game of the 1970 World Series by a score of 5-3. to three. Five runs, seven hits, and no errors for the Orioles. Three runs, five hits, and two errors for the Cincinnati Reds. Jim Palmer and Melrod uh, Hendricks, the battery for the Orioles. They've gone all the way. Palmer's been in trouble a couple of times, but the Reds can't get him out of there. The Reds have used Gary Nolan, Don Gullett, and now Clay Carroll. We've got two-thirds of the uh, six-sitting under his belt. We're due to have uh, a, I think, Woody Woodward leading off. Although it, had, it was not announced, but Angel Bravo is getting him back, and it's coming up to him. So we may have been wrong, Jim, about uh, the batting order of uh, Woodward and uh, Carroll. They may have put Carroll in the ninth spot. We'll have to wait and see. At any rate, Angel Bravo is going to be the leadoff batter for the Reds in the seventh. And to tell you about it, Jim Simpson. Bravo's been to that once in the World Series and was out and hit the first pitch and popped to the right side of the infield. Davey Johnson is back, and Bravo is out in a very quick appearance. Bobby Tolan will be the batter with one out in the seventh inning. Five to three is the score. Baltimore leads as they win. That's it. Golden single in the first pitch. Bounced a single to right field in the first inning. Walked on four pitches and scored. Driven in by Lee May in the third and popped out on the first pitch. In the fifth and takes this first pitch for a strike. Strike one to Tolan. Jim Palmer all the way. Winner of the first game throws another strike right at the knee. Winner of the first game by a score of four to three with relief up to one batter by Pete Rickard. Now trying to go all the way to seal up the series and win his second series victory of 1970. Fouled off toward the Baltimore dugout and into it. And comes around there. Two strikes to Tolan. One out in the seventh. Tom already throws. It's just off the corner. One ball, two strikes. Well, if it should end today, you'll talk a lot about Brooks Robinson and who has it. But don't forget Dave McNally, who just yesterday and hit a grand slam. And if Palmer wins, don't forget him. Two of the series victories. Out off to the left. There have been more, so many heroics. Mickey Mantle was on with Jim McIntyre earlier in the ball game, and Mickey's assumption was, or observation was, I'll give it to you in a minute. Palmer ready to throw in one ball, two strikes. It bounces in front of the plate. It's 2 2. That the Baltimore Orioles are the best looking team in a World Series he has ever seen. Now, considering the salad days of the New York Yankees, of the 50s and early 60s, that's something to say. Oh, Seventh strikeout for Jim Palmer, second out of the Cincinnati Seven. And here is Pete Rose. Reached on a fourth play in the first, single in the third, and in a home run in the fifth. And what a battle it was. Palmer's first two pitches got right over, both called strikes. Then by fouling them off and having Palmer waste pitches outside, inside, he worked it to three and two and then hit a home run to the left to seal. This time he fouls off the first pitch. In the playoffs of the American League Championship, speaking of Brooks Robinson, he was seven for 12. In the World Series, he is seven for 15. Big slow curve on the Rose, but Pete has been here before, accidentally fouls this one off to the left. 
five years old a little bit later on this week, October the 15th. I, that is one and two in a row, and I'm checking my calendar. What date is that? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's right, a little bit later on this week. <laughs> That's true. During the World Series, Jim. Don't ask me what's the date, what's the game? Big curve again, misses, and it's 2-2. Five to three, Baltimore. You're in the top of the seventh. Down in the last five years, the Orioles have been playing a World Series here. This is a fastball inside, and as Rose did, back in the fifth inning before hitting the home run, he was 0-2, and, and in the became 3-2. He was 0-2 here in the seventh. It is now 3-2. Well, Palmer gives him here. Fastball. It is grounded foul. Although it is a bad territory, Rose is saying it is foul. Now he's saying it's hit by foot, and so Bob Good's going to go out, and we're going to have the shoe polish fit again. As he's going to look at the ball, he's looking at it right now. Close the tank, it did hit my foot. And Jordan Jacobs has no, it did not. I'm sorry, Bucky Anderson is out. Now he's asking that they appeal to the first and third base umpires and ask them whether or not it hit. And so walking in from third base is Ken Burkhardt, who was in the middle of a rhubarb back in the first game. Stewart walked out to talk with him. Everybody's left the field. Rose is standing there. And Burkhardt apparently is going to say no. What will happen? We'll let you know in a moment. All intents and purposes, we go to the last of the steps. Five to three, Baltimore over Cincinnati. As one of America's major trade unions, the Retail Clerks International Association brings the benefits of democracy to the place of employment of more than 600,000 poor workers and good working conditions. The retail clerks' unions, believing in the democratic processes of government, urge all Americans to vote on November 3rd. This message from the Retail Store Employees Union in your community, chartered by the Retail Clerks International Association, Washington, D.C., 20006. Hey, bud, if you want to get in on a terrific deal, listen to this. You know the Gillette Technatic Razor, the razor that gets the nubs? Well, here's the deal. Right now, when you buy the Gillette Techmatic Razor, America's top-selling razor, you get a can of Gillette Foamy Shave Cream with lemon lime, free. You get that? Foamy with lemon lime, free. So what are you waiting for? Get the Gillette Techmatic Razor now. A deal like this don't last forever. run, he stayed at the plate, and beef the plate umpire, Bob Stewart. Stewart examined the ball, and uh, not enough shoe polish on it, according to call it. They appealed the third base umpire, Ken Burkhart, he agreed, and uh, so Rose was out. He flung his bat and helmet back to the dugout, or not ejected, he's out the right field. We have a new shortstop for the Reds, we come to the last of the seventh, Darrell Cheney, which meant Bravo did bat for Woody Woodward. And we're ready for the bottom of the seventh inning. And here again, Jim Simpson. Ray Carroll first hit the fastball too high to Jim Palmer. And it's ball one. Palmer singled and scored a run in the third. Struck out swinging in the fourth. Someone has gotten, well, it's one of the Baltimore field men onto the field to pick up a ball or something. The folks in right field gave Pete Rose, you know what, when he went out there after that big argument that he had, but they called Pete Charlie Hustle. He's an amateur in every ball game. He 
even though they're down three games to none and trailing five to three in this before the World Series, Rose figured he should not have been charged with a ground out to first baseman Boo Powell that had been hit his foot. Everything's all right now, and there's a swing and a miss, like one to Palmer. So the count now, according to the scoreboard, is one strike. That first high pitch did not count. A Baltimore man was on the field. Popped high in the air into the infield. He may have been. So now it's Tommy Helms. He'll let Helms catch it right at the edge of the grass, and he has it for the first out of the Baltimore seven. That'll bring up John Buford. It was walked, rounded, it may have first, and the Helms at second. Buford is which hitter. We're moving along now as the Orioles are just six outs away. From the 1970 World Series. They've got the heart of the batting order coming up in the eighth. Perez, Bench, and May. But here's Buford with one out of the seventh. Takes a fastball just at the knees on the inside corner. Strike one. Temperature at game time was 72 degrees. The sun has been in and out. It is a rather overcast day, not dark. The lights are on. Breaking pitch. Buford drags the up. Carroll comes over and watches it roll down. Carroll picks it up in foul territory. And Johnny Bench was right alongside of him. If Carroll had not, Bench would have. And Buford, with his speed, had carried him clear down the right field line, nearly to the stand. And now Mcwalkback just now has he gotten even with first base. That's the kind of speed that Buford had trying to get across first base. So we will wait with you. As Buford marches back, Paul Blair is on deck, swinging a bat. The Royals have won their last 10 games here at home, 16 of the last 17, and their last 17 games overall in a row. And if they make it 18, they have the 1970 World Series to their seven. Two strikes now to Buford. Carroll ready, throws fastball to too high. One ball, two strikes to Buford. Carroll, a fast worker, comes back with a breaking pitch. Strike bench as he dropped the ball, flips down to Lee May at first, and Buford is the second out. Second strikeout for Carroll, and here is Paul Blair. Sacrificed one in the first, struck out on the changeup in the third, off Gary Nolan, and then grounded to Perez at third in the fifth. Considered a little too early to reach for Pete Rickard. 
with the late inning blazing fastball left-handed special. Two balls, two strikes. Curveball. Bench starts for the dugout, and as he does, Bob Stewart then says that strike three call. The run hits the errors at the end of seven. Baltimore five, Cincinnati three. This is KGW Portland. Why not enjoy next year's World Series in person? You can if you start an equitable savings account now. You'll find the right savings plan with high earnings to meet your needs, including the 5 and 1 quarter percent 90-day passbook savings account, plus an extra bonus, S&H Green Stamps. One stamp for every dollar saved in any equitable savings account. Up to 1,000 stamps per deposit. Earn an extra bonus on your money today at Equitable Savings. Jim Simpson with Jim McIntyre as we go to the eighth inning in Baltimore, five to three Baltimore. And Earl Weaver, the manager of the Orioles, listen to this, has two right-handers warming up in Leonard and Watt. And Pete Rickard, the left-hander, has also joined them. There are three pitchers warming up. Weaver knows that if he can get by this eighth inning, with Perez, Finch, and May due to that, he'll be a long way toward this World Series championship. First pitch from Jim Palmer to Tony Perez is low ball one. Palmer right back. Fastball, and he has been getting Perez. He struck him out twice on fastballs. Last time up, Perez flies deep to center. And you have to wonder if or when Tony Perez is going to snap out of They've been getting, as I said, with the fastballs. There's another fastball, and it's foul back. About midseason, Jim Palmer just junked that slider. He's only thrown it a couple of times since. He's strictly fastball with a big curve. Not the little nickel curve, but the slider they call it. Fastball is too high. And the fans behind the plate get on Bob Stewart. Thinking that that was in the strike zone after Bench had started for the dugout with a call strike three before Stewart called it to end the top half of the inning. Another pitch is high, and it is three and two to Perez. Remember? Watch Dave Leonard, right-hander, Pete Rickard, left-hander, out on the Baltimore bullpen. Five to three, Baltimore. Eighth inning. The power of Cincinnati up trying to catch up. He swings. The ball is fouled, tipped, and dropped by catcher Ellie Hendricks. So Palmer's again faced with a 3-2 count. To Tony Perez with Johnny Bench kneeling on deck. Palmer looking into catcher Hendricks is ready. And throws. Fastball fouls back to the screen again. Still 3-2. Perez steps out and gets some dirt on his hands. They are pulled around to the left. Ball is fouled off and out of play to the right. Three balls, two strikes. Now they have Eddie Watt, Pete Rickard, and Mo Drabowski, according to the scoreboard, warming up which would mean that Dave Leonard has that down. Rickard ready, three and two, in on him, ball four, Perez draws the walk, and the tying run, and the person of Johnny Bench is coming to bat. Perez is the fourth man that has walked as Earl Weaver sends out George Bamberger, his pitching coach, to talk to Jim Palmer. I would imagine as he comes out here with Johnny Bench coming up, Bench over three today, Bamberger is seeking for Earl Weaver an honest answer from Jim Palmer. That is, are you tired? Are you sure you can stay in? Do you need some help? We have three men out in that bullpen warming up in Grabowski, Watt, and Rickard. 
Dolph Bamberger claps his hands, marches back off. Jim Palmer stays in, trying to complete this game. He walked Lee May in the second, and May scored. He walked Bobby Tolan to start the third, and Tolan scored. And with a score five to three here in the top of the eighth, Johnny Bench, who led the majors in home runs and RBIs, is the batter. A home run here, and we got a tie ball game. First pitch is outside. Ball one. Begs a bit, mad, fires the ball back. He figures that Bob Stewart should have called it a strike. Luke Powell holding on. Perez at first base. Palmer stares over at him. Now throws. Fastball line down the left field line. It is a fair ball. Around second base goes Perez. Picked up by Buford. It's a long single as over to third base is Perez. Now the tying runs are on base, and here is Lee May, the top hitter of the Cincinnati club, and now Earl Weaver is coming out. And that is going to be all for Jim Palmer, I am sure. Bamberger came out the first time. This time, Weaver is coming out to do the honors himself. That is just the sixth hit of Jim Palmer, who would like to stay around, but he's not going to. As the screen door out in left field has been opened up, and the pitcher is coming in as Palmer the puck. Johnny Bench at first, none out, 
Baltimore leading five to three in the fourth game of the World Series. And Eddie Watt is ready and throws. Long drive, left field, back it's gone. Cincinnati leads.
strikeout for Watt. Darrell Chaney, who went in as a defensive replacement the top half of the inning, a switch hitter, is up to the bat. Chaney hit 277 during the regular season, only 232 during the regular season, but only appeared in 57 games, had a home run, batting left-handed against the right-handed Eddie Watt. But Helms on at first, then two out. Pitch, ground ball foul for the Cincinnati dugout and dropped in the dugout. Strike one. Sun has come out again despite the fact uh, the Baltimore Orioles, of course, leave the stadium lights on. The sun is now shining brilliantly here in Baltimore. And for the moment, it is shining on Cincinnati. Down three games to none. And down by a score of five to three, they have battle-wrecked with three runs here in the eighth. Watt ready, and there's a fastball right at the letters. It's strike two. May unloaded on the first pitch from Watt to put the Reds back in the series. Watt bowing his head on the mound, concentrating on what it is he must do, now stares in to Hendricks' catcher. Ready for the two-strike pitch. Ball is foul off to the left. It'll be out of play along the third base line. Still two strikes to Darrell Cheney. has been in two games before as a defensive replacement. This is the first time he's been at bat in the series. The crowd here in Baltimore a little quiet. Perhaps anticipating a quick four-game sweep, they might yet do it, but at the moment they trail in the eighth and they've grown quiet. Watt takes his time on the mound and is now ready. Throws, big curve that misses outside. It's one ball, two strikes. Waiting on deck is Bobby Tolan. And Cheney is the seventh man to bat in this inning. Struck him out. Fastball, swing and a miss. But three runs score on three base hits. No errors and one left. We go to the last of the eighth inning. It is Cincinnati leading Baltimore six to five. Basically, there are two ways to build a car. The old way is to assemble the body and frame separately and bolt them together. The frame then, of course, which is underneath you, is by far the stronger of the two units. Uh, so the strength is underneath you. Well, we don't like to do it that way. Unibody construction. That's the newer way, the best way. That's extra care in engineering. Body and frame are combined into one unit. With Unibody, a strength surrounds you because it's all around you. Chrysler Corporation cars are strong, safe, quiet, long-lasting. Chrysler Corporation cares. Unibody construction. Extra care and engineering. Extra value. Extra work. Extra reasons for seeing the 1971 cars from Chrysler Corporation. At your Dodge or Chrysler Plymouth dealer. Chrysler Corporation cars. Chrysler Corporation cares. McIntyre here at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore with Jim Simpson. For the Reds, lead now, six rounds and eight hits. The five runs and seven hits for the Orioles. Howell, Frank Robinson, and Brooks Robinson against Blake Carroll in the eighth inning. And here
accounted for by Lee May back in the first inning. Walked on four pitches and scored in the third and struck out Queenie on the free two pitch and takes inside, backing him out of the box. Ball one here in the eighth. With those three runs in the top of the eighth inning. From Cincinnati's third, fourth, and fifth batters in the lineup. Baltimore is trying to come back. Now Powell just went out of play to the left. One ball, one strike. Frank Robinson kneels on deck. Jim McIntyre said, as we came to the booth, we had heard nothing about who would pitch tomorrow. Our guesses would be Cuellar for Baltimore and McLaughlin for Cincinnati. If tomorrow becomes necessary. Dale Ready, one and one, way inside for the fastball, backing Powell out again. And the book, of course, on Booth Powell, that Sparky Anderson made known, is picking inside and tight. The mistakes they made on him for his first two home runs were balls that were out across the plate. And Booth has great power to all fields. Two balls, one strike. This one is outside. He grounds it backhanded by Perez's third. The long throw tagged by May. Long throw May had to come up the line to get him, and he tagged Booth Powell. And May is down, and all of the Cincinnati Reds are around him, but he waves them away, saying, I'm all right. Well, we've talked about Baltimore's foot Robinson at third base. Tony Perez saved a base hit with that backhanded play at third base. And May, alertly coming up behind to take his, to take his early throw, tagged out, moved out. Frank Robinson, one for three on the day. He has scored a run, driven in a run. Hits the curveball, right to the shortstop, Caney. He's got the throw to first and has Robinson by 20. There's two out of the eighth. Which looks Robinson coming up? Well, Robinson hitting 519 in the playoffs of the series. He's had 14 hits in his last 27 at-bats. He is three for three in this game with a home run, a couple of singles, two RBIs, and he scored twice. Carroll is ready and throws. It's a fastball that catches the outside corner. Strike one to Brooks Robinson. Six to five to score. Cincinnati, fourth game of the World Series. Baltimore leads three games to none. Carroll back with a breaking ball. That Robinson is out in front of and ground foul to Billy Hunter, the coach at third base. Who throws the ball back, and Bench actually saved Brooks Robinson from being hit in the back as he reached the club around and back up. Brooks wasn't looking and grabbed that throw from Billy Hunter. Two strikes to Robinson. Lake Carroll protecting the one-run lead. Pitch is outside, ball one. As Baltimore does not score here, they will go to the ninth inning with Hendricks, Johnson, and Belanger. Down by one run. They won 40 one-run games during the regular season, two in the World Series. Curve is outside of low, and in the dirt, it is now 2-2 two and two to Brooks, who was 0-2, and, and he's worked it to 2-2. This becomes a big pitch for Carroll. He doesn't want to get it to 3-2. Wants to get Brooks Robinson right here on this 2-2 pitch. Throws way outside, and he has gone to 3-2 and pounds his glove. Donnie Bench comes out, motions with that ball at him. And, of course, he does not want to walk Brooks Robinson with home run hitter L.A. Hendricks coming up, a left-handed batter, who would be the winning run. Line drive right up the middle, and Brooks Robinson is 4 for 4. Carroll is on the mound. There's activity very quickly now in the Cincinnati bullpen. 
the left-hander Hendricks, who doubled in the winning run in the second game and hit a home run in the first game. Left-handed batter is up swinging on deck as Wayne Granger quickly gets up and starts to throw in the Cincinnati bullpen. Six to five to score. Cincinnati leads Baltimore. The tying run is at first base with two out of the last of the eighth inning as Hendricks, the go-ahead run, at the plate. Carroll stares over a throws. It is outside. Something off that pitch. Ball one to Hendricks. On deck now is Dave Johnson. Carroll taking his time. He's not allowed a run yet. This is his third appearance in the World Series. Has two outs, throwing to Hendricks. This one is right down the middle. Hendricks almost leaned into it. It's strike one. One and one. Carroll taking big, heavy breaths on the mound, staring over at Robinson at first base. Hendricks never leaves that batting box. Carroll ready. Throws. Big curveball. Grounded to the right side. May comes in. Now backs on it. Has it stepped on the bag. And they've gone down. No runs. One hit. No errors. One man left at the end of eight. Cincinnati six. Baltimore five. Walter Johnson had a pitch they used to call the radio ball. They said you could hear it, but you couldn't see it. Well, if most men's hairdressing were that way, it wouldn't be so bad, but they're not. I mean, not only can you see the grease they leave on your hair, you can feel it. That's why you'll like Vitality. It holds your hair in place without any grease. So if you want to look good naturally, don't kid yourself. Use Vitality. That's Vitality. It's greasy. This is Kurt Gowdy. Ever notice how often the umpires examine the ball in play to make sure it's clean? Well, when it comes to cars, you ought to be just like an umpire, always looking for a way to keep your engine running clean. I can't think of a better way to do that than with Phillips 66 Top Arctic Motor Oil with its patented detergent additive. It's yours at the performance stop, the Phillips 66 station nearest you. Stop in. And remember, at Phillips 66, it's performance that counts. For the ninth inning here at Memorial Stadium, Jim Simpson along with yours truly, Jim McIntyre, and the Reds will send up the top of the batting order, Bobby Cullen. Eddie Watts remains on the mound for Earl Weaver's Orioles. It's 6-5. to five. The Reds, of course, would like to add their one-run lead. The Orioles want to hold them and stay within one-run striking distance. Ninth inning, and here's Jim. Bobby Tolan singled in the first, walked and scored in the third, popped out of the fifth, and struck out swinging in the seventh. So he is one for three on the day. Watt ready, throws inside to him. Out of his ball one, as Jim McIntyre so accurately pointed out. Don't count on Baltimore coming up in the last of the line, trailing only by run. Tolan, Rose, and Perez, that is quite a lineup that Watt must face. Ready with a one ball count, this one he moves away from him. It's ball two. So he jammed him on the first pitch and missed for ball one. And went outside and away from him for ball two. Moving the ball around on Jordan, but missing the plate on each occasion. Watch back again. This one is down the middle, but low. And it is three and over. And I would imagine, as his activity in the Baltimore bullpen, Hendricks just stared in toward the Baltimore dugout to see what Earl Weaver is going to do. And Hendricks now is tapping good very carefully around the plate. Ready on three and all, taking all the way as Tolan hits strike one. Three balls, one strike. Six to five, ninth inning. It is Cincinnati that leads. Outside, and Tolan has drawn the walk. And as you know, left the major league in stolen bases. 
comes up. Jim, it looks like Moe Zabaki warming up in the bullpen, although we can't be sure. As Earl Weaver bounces out of the dugout, and he says he wants the pitcher from the bullpen. So we'll find out who it is as soon as he comes on here. The base on balls to Bobby Tobin to lead off the ninth inning has um, decided the, the issue insofar as Eddie Watt is concerned. And he's going to be lifted after giving up one walk and striking out the side after uh, allowing a home run by Lee May last inning and a base hit off uh, Robinson's glove by Tommy Elms. Uh, Eddie Watt is leaving, and we got a new pitcher ushered in from the Baltimore bullpen down the left field line. He'll be chopped in in that uh, soft cart. And Pete Rose, who can switch around and bat from either side, will be the batter. And as soon as we know who the pitcher is, we'll tell you. Uh, as we said at the beginning of the broadcast, all of the cliches you hear at World Series play when a team is failing by three, run, uh, three games uh, certainly apply to the Reds here. Uh, and their backs to the wall. They've got to win today, or there is no tomorrow. Identification. This is KGW Portland. Getting ahead in baseball or anything else requires planning. Equitable savings helps Oregonians plan for the future with top earnings on a variety of savings plans. One is the five and one quarter percent 90 day passbook savings account, plus an extra bonus SH Green Stamp. One stamp for every dollar saved in any equitable savings account. Get your extra bonus when you save at Equitable Savings. Along with Jim Simpson, this is Jim McIntyre at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium where Mo Drabowski is warming up on the mound. He pitched Sunday in the second game. Two and a third innings allowed two hits and one run. The one run off him was a homer by Johnny Finch. Right-hander has a 386 earned run average in the World Series. And on the season this year, Mo uh, with Baltimore was in uh, a 4-2 record in 21 games. His total for the season, five wins, four losses, and 45 games, and only uh, 69 and two-thirds innings of pitching. He'll face Pete Rose with Bobby Tolan at first in the night. Nobody out. And here again, Jim Tolan with 57 stolen bases during the regular season. Leads off, and very quickly, Drabowski checks over there just to see what he's doing, and Tolan scoots right back. He has tried to steal a base in the World Series and was successful in his only attempt. Not going this time. Ball is hit the straightaway center field. All Blair goes back and to his right and has the drive off the mound of Pete Rose. One down in the right. Tolan returns to first base. That'll bring up Tony Perez. Started by walking. Johnny Bench followed with a single, and Lee May hit the first pitch from Eddie Watt for a three-run homer. That puts Cincinnati in front six to five where they are right now. Zabowski rubbing up the ball on the mound with one out, and Tolan taking a step or two away from first base. Zabowski stares over at it. Now looks in. Tolan is on his way. Hendricks has a high throw, throws down, and he's got him.
was already nearly set to make the throw. His throw to Johnson was a little high. Johnson was able to put it down on Bobby Tolan, and he was out. So, Perez is up there now with a count of 1-0 and oh on him. And two out, and nobody on in the top of the ninth inning. Krauski now working to Perez. Comes in with a fastball, high to center field. Ball player goes over for right center field, and rather deep. Cincinnati leads. Carroll back. Fastball at the knees. Strike 
One ball, one strike to Merv Redman. Redman, 27 years old, born in Flint, Michigan. Right now, the hopes of the Orioles rest with him did not offer the curveball. It stays outside. And it's two balls, one strike. Carroll has just been fantastic. He has now worked eight complete innings with no runs scored on him in the World Series. Ball is foul off to the right. It's two and two. The Redman. They played Merv straight away in center field. And in right and left. And Tony Perez is all knowledgeable third baseman doing guarding against that extra base hit. Very close to the line of third. 2-2 two -two pitch is fouled back to the screen again. Perez will give up the single in the big hole between third and short, but he will not give up that extra base hit that would put Rettman in scoring position. Still 2-2. Two -two. Clay Carroll trying to save this. Big curveball, and he just stuck his back there, didn't mean to, and it went back to the screen and stuck in the screen. Two balls, two strikes. Redmond, the right-hander, steps in again. Has a closed stance as he looks out to Clay Carroll. Carroll throws. It misses. Lone away with a fastball. It is three and two. And we go right down to the final pitch. Three balls, two strikes, two out, last of the ninth, six to five the score, Cincinnati leading, looking ahead to a fifth game tomorrow. The first pick must retire Merv Wrestler. The 3-2 pitch, round ball, Perez at third base, up with it, throws to first base, he is out, he is at tag now, the ball is loose, he's safe. Lee May tagged him, he was thrown, thrown off the base by the throw. And as he tagged him, Redman knocked the ball out of his glove. And umpire Bill Williams of the National League had called him out and then called him straight. Now, Buford Sonata, flying on at first base with two outs in the night. Yeah, since it grew. Drawing the Buford. It is outside. Ball one. The sun shining brightly and a game that has a lot of drama here in the last of the ninth inning. And Carroll carries in and carries in and throws a fastball right at the waist of the inside corner of the plate. One ball, one strike. Wayne Granger again up and throwing in the Cincinnati bullpen. Looks like Cincinnati had won the fourth game of the World Series. Their first. Back again, almost knocked Cooper down. He has to fall down to get out of the way. And it's two balls and one strike. They play down, pulled around, slightly toward right. He's a switch hitter, but does have power, and of course has hit a home run in the series. Oh, working on a 12-game streak, Buford is, with another chance here in the ninth inning. He has no hits in this game. He's walked once and gone down three times. He balls one strike. Carroll Reddy throws, misses outside of his three and one. Now, does Buford swing away, or do they have him take? Moving the runner, Reckman, down in the scoring position at 
second base and bringing up Paul Blair. We'll see the strategy of Earl Weaver in the Baltimore Orioles. Buford staring out. Three and one. And of course, Buford knows that Carroll must come in with a pitch. Fastball, he took a swing at it and missed it. It's strike two. Three and two. And Wetman wasn't playing far off first base.